Tiny Mo. Mark, you there? Paging Hall of Famer Mark Stein. Cannot hear you, sir. Do you have me, sir? Yeah. What's going on? Sorry, I'm a little rusty. I haven't done one of these since August, and so I'm, uh... Yeah. I barely remember how to set this up, and hopefully now we're good. You're good to me. I believe that means you're good to our listeners. I'm going to tweet out one last thing. We are live. I'll get Colin taking your questions and talking all things trade deadline with the Starline. Colin Lick, tweet. Um, uh, are you going to be taking any oh we got a lot of callers in the queue already appreciate it guys um are you going to be this is my pseudo introduction for your upcoming podcast with our friend chris haynes um will you be interacting with listeners in any capacity or will, will this league or hashtag this league uncut on iHeartRadio podcast will that be a uh a standard uh two guys two mics situation well, it will 100% start out as a traditional podcast. Uh, if they're, you know, down the road, if there's a way to incorporate the audience, um, I'm sure we will explore it. But it's not, you know, it's, it, <clears throat> it is a traditional pod as opposed to the live audio like this. And I had a great time doing about 18 months of Spotify Live. It actually started out as Locker Room and then it became Spotify Live. And I, uh, I haven't done one since August. I had a great run doing those, made a lot of friends. I think people still talk about the time, probably almost a year ago now, I think that you joined me after midnight when it became Thursday of last year's trade deadline. We had a huge audience in the thousands that was just, uh, it was awesome to see so many people that dialed into that. So there is no question that, that uh, there's something special about live audio and doing it like this. But um, I've never I've never been part of a traditional podcast, amazingly. After all these years in the business, I'm really, really excited about it. Um, Chris and I worked together only briefly at ESPN, but we became really good friends. And I won't bore you with all the ins and outs, but it took a long, long time to make this thing happen. And here we are, this league uncut. It will be out Monday, the debut episode. So, like I said, I am I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to listening. And I'm looking forward to talking tonight. We got a bunch of callers in the queue. We'll try to get to as many people as we can. Um, but to start, I just want to speak super generally and throw it over to you, man. Is there a situation other than the Toronto Raptors <laughs> that you have been either most interested in have been talking about the most with your people around the league. Um, what team is at the top of your list in terms of intrigue meter uh, as we are less than two weeks away from the trade deadline, which to me still seems relatively quiet and people that I talked around the league are still talking about this as being one of the weirder deadlines they've experienced, but we're getting closer. Things are starting to pop up a little bit more. Um, it still does feel like we're in that interim period where 
we're seeing more what teams are looking at and what players are available than like actual, you know, suitors coming together and frameworks coming together. But at this still pseudo preliminary juncture, uh, what, what situation has your attention the most right now? Well, you know, and I've heard you say that on your, your man, this is like your third show this week. You are putting in the work. I only did one last week, so I'm contractually obligated to make up and do a third. <laughs> yep, everybody's saying it's slow and quiet, and I just never want to believe that. Like, I just always assume that <clears throat> the trade avalanche is right around the corner. But you're right, I and mean, we're going to need, you know, something's going to have to change. You know, um, you know when you, you, you know, everybody brings up Toronto, and I guess I'm probably no different, but, you know, I talked to, Someone in Vegas who I would say I think has a has a had a strong handle on on where the Raptors viewpoint was. And I really came away from the showcase in Vegas. So that's right before Christmas. Yes, Gary Trent Jr. is, you know, he he is I, I would classify the most likely Raptor to be moved. But I don't know that the Raptors have this appetite to make trades that is assumed or maybe the, the better word is hoped for by rival teams, but saying that it is the Raptors. They have surprised us before they have gone all in before. And the, you know, the trade for Kawhi is as daring as it gets. So look, there's 13 days to go before the deadline. And what I heard around Christmas time might not apply in a week. So it's really more waiting to see are some more players going to end up in the market than than we have now because I, I I would agree with you it does feel like we have been talking about John Collins and Jimmy Crowder and we you know we've just been talking about the you know Eric Gordon the same players over and over and over again Bojan Bogdanovic Alec Burks like it's just it's been the same five six seven players yeah and I like I said I I just always expect the league to surprise us when it's supposedly quote quiet yeah no i mean i no one really truly saw the sabonis for halliburton trade coming right i mean sabonis's name was definitely out there and i knew halliburton was on the table for ben simmons and other situations um around the league but didn't exactly you know that 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 deal kind of came out of left field um and a lot of the stuff a lot of the trade frameworks that it seems like we hear end up being expired ideas, right? Like that get kind of tossed around the league because it's something, you know, they called us and offered this. And then, you know, it's, it's a whole whisper down the lane. Um, but you're right. It, it does seem largely that kind of like the board is set in terms of guys that are available. Um, and we just kind of have to see how the, how the standings shake out. And, you know, a lot of teams like Toronto are still waiting to see how, their next seven, eight games play out until February 9th before they make a decision here, especially with the standings being so bunched up, especially with the play-in tournament um, being such a, a monkey wrench in you know team expectations and the fact that the lottery odds are what they are and it's even easier now to pull the plug later in the season um, and find your way in prime lottery positioning. So um, with that, I guess we'll just – bring on the, the questions well, well no just one one quick thing before you get to that like yeah i think even utah is another great example where you know both you and i have been writing tons about you know the interest in conley you know vanderbilt beasley 
you know, the Jazz would, would move Rudy Gay if they could. I mean, the Jazz are very active and, you know, pretty much, you know, I, I had a note in, in my notes that I p- posted very late last night that, you know, on top of Markinen and Kessler, Agbaji, I think, is also an, an untouchable now in Utah, but pretty much everybody else is in play. But I've also heard from someone this week who said even even with Utah's supposed activity at this point, they're probably likely to wait until right before the deadline before they do something. So yeah. we're in that yeah. zone now where, you know, the Lakers made the, the Hachimura trade and, and, you know, Rob Palinka came out and basically said, we want to do something else. We don't want to be done. Yeah. So that was, I think, a big motivation for the Lakers to get that thing done when they did, because to, to give themselves more time to maybe make another move. But I think for the most part, you know, teams at this point now, it, it probably will go closer to the deadline. I also think that, I mean, I don't know if it was like, you know, the Wizards were holding uh, the Lakers hostage with this other three-team thing with Phoenix and Milwaukee. But I think that, I mean, Phoenix has been super motivated to move Jay Crowder, obviously. Milwaukee's been super motivated to get Jay Crowder. Um, I I do think the pressure of that other deal being on the table – um, I don't think the Wizards like did anything dishonest and like played Milwaukee and Phoenix by any stretch. Um, if anything, like the Wizards are considered one of the more straight up front offices around the league. Um, but like I do think that applied added uh, acceleration, let's say, in the Lakers getting it. Um, and look, the Lakers had the pieces to do it. I mean, Milwaukee, you know, there just hasn't been a way for Milwaukee to get Crowder without the wizards having to take money. And so that, I mean, had they, had they come up with that, then it would have, they probably would have Crowder by now. Yeah. And Indiana was poking around at the end too. Um, I don't know exactly what the offer is or offer was, um, but it would seem like based off of the salary that came back and knowing that um, the Pacers are open to moving Goga and Goga seems interested in a different situation. That would have probably been, uh, the piece going back, but I, I don't have that on solid footing by any stretch to have that be in the spirit of the show. Please don't aggregate me. this. That's actually there the reason go. I came on today because I want to. I want to. I mean, it is an amazing title. You're you you are definitely in the in the uh, in the show title Hall of Fame with that one. <laughs> Please don't aggregate this. We'll we'll have the same thing. We'll have the same uh, the same spirit. We'd like to apply that to this uncut. But it is what it is. All right, Zach, what's going on? Hey, good evening, Mark and Jake. How are you guys doing? Thanks for doing this. As always, much appreciated. Um, Let's as go. a diehard Miami Heat fan, I'm, I, don't, yeah. I don't talk about the Heat, but one team that seems interesting around the deadline, and I know they keep a lot of things to the heart, is the Chicago Bulls. Zach Levine's contract, DeRozan, Vucevic, it's an interesting team to watch. Do you guys agree? (laughs) Mark, take it away. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely one of those teams. I think in Vegas, you know, Raptors, Bulls, and Wizards were all teams that that were generating a lot of curiosity and conversation in the, you know, again, I think it is, it's, it's, it's hope as much as anything that, hey, you know, the Bulls are going to blow it up. The Raptors are going to blow it up. The Wizards are going to blow it up and, and uh, you know, put put players in play who 
are still not in play for the most part. Like, you know, Kyle Kuzma. I mean, there is a string of teams that would love to get in the mix for Kyle Kuzma, but the Wizards keep telling people, no, we are going to resign him. We are going to keep him. So I think Chicago was definitely in that category. And look, I do still think the Bulls will do something. I reported last night that, you know, don't be surprised if Andre Drummond is moved. I do think, you know, that is a possibility. But I know that's really not what you're asking about. I mean, you're asking is, is Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic, are, are, are one or more of those guys getting traded? I mean, the signals that I've heard for the most part is every time the Bulls kind of get close to the thought of they should tear this thing down, they, they go on a little, they, they either have a great win or maybe go on a little run and then, you know, move away from that position. But um, I, you know, I think it's still unclear to say whether, you know, I mean, Zach Levine's contract is so huge that I think that would be tough to move at this deadline. I mean, that just, those kind of contracts tend to be more tradable in the summer, but you know, again, 13 days to go, a lot of stuff can still happen. Yeah. They're more tradable in the summer for various reasons, but one certainly being that teams can have 20 guys on the roster. It just allows more wiggle room uh, and you don't have to be, necessarily working so tightly within the cap because things are so flexible. Um, like deals could be agreed upon in principle, what have you. Um, and also teams are far more willing, it seems, to be able to make sweeping changes um, when they're not in season and when they finally come to a conclusion at the end of the year and maybe emotions are running higher. They're like, oh, we weren't good enough. So um, I think all these teams that are teetering on the edge of deciding whether or not to make a big move um, – if they decide no now, I think, you know, I talk about this a lot and you kind of poke fun at me, Mark, for saying, for coining the word transaction cycles. But um, like, I do think a lot of the decision-making that is being discussed now that doesn't happen now is always revisited in the next window around draft time, around free agency. So Toronto, Chicago, you know, other teams, like I think plenty can be revisited um, and I think plenty will be revisited. Like, there's a chance that we see a relatively quiet deadline or a super busy offseason. I think that's certainly possible. Um, but you're right, 13 days away. We'll see what happens. Sean, what's going on? We're going to try to keep this to one question per caller, if you guys don't mind. We've got a lot of people to get to. I love that you have to deal with the questions now. Like, I'm so relaxed letting you handle the chat room and see who, who wants to weigh in. This there is you nice. Go, man. Sean, what's up? Hey, guys, thanks for having me. So, of course, being a big Knicks fan, I have to ask about what's happening with Grayson Allen and Cam Reddish. Um, it was said that um, they were talking about just trading Cam Reddish and Grayson Allen straight up. Is there any strings attached to that? Uh, have you heard anything around the league when it comes to that trade? Mark, I'm going to defer to you on all these things, and then I'll answer and then transition to the next question. Mark, I, there? sorry, the call commands. I just killed it. Can you hear me? You're good. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was I gonna? I actually thought Reddish would be the first guy traded before. I did too. And uh, and you know, obviously, the Hachimura trade happened first. Early last week, I, I got the vibe that that things were percolating there, and maybe something was going to happen, and it turned out to be a false alarm. And obviously, Reddish is still a Nick. Um, you know, the price is he's so affordable. I mean. You know, I don't think the Knicks are expecting three seconds like Washington got for Rui, but, I mean, it hasn't 
No, the trade hasn't happened yet. I think Milwaukee has, I mean, it, it looks like Crowder is their clear preference over Reddish, so that might be why, why the Bucks haven't moved there. There's other players I can't name. I, I was told them by teams this week, and they said, you know, don't report it. Um, but, like, I know Milwaukee is calling around looking for Jay Crowder types. And by that, I mean veteran, defensive-minded wing forwards who make that type of salary range, $10, $11 million. So you can pull up NBA trade machine or salary cap websites and uh, start to guess. But, like, I mean, to me, Reddish would be a nice option for them. Um, but they're looking at at defensive, you know, grizzled veteran, you know, you know, just mindset you know, dogged dudes versus someone who's been, you know, cast aside by both the teams he's played for. So um, I also think that Reddit is more of a a backup option for them. Um, Two weeks, we got you bumped, but you're back. What's going on? Two weeks, you're on mute, my friend. Hey, hey, Mark. Uh, this is uh, Kobe Boyd. The Green Room Mamba. I know that's, that voice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I had to come on because you were there. So good to, good to speak with you. Right, hey, hey uh, quick question. Like, I, I forget, um, you know, involving Reddish. Is the fact that the Lakers went after um, Rui instead of Cam Reddish, do you all see that as a sign that maybe this is kind of the front office sending a shot to clutch because there's a lot of talk like amongst Lakers fan circles that there's a lot of dissension with the Lakers and clutch. And I know Anthony Jake on your pod uh, the other day kind of talked about it at the end, but um, you know, it's interesting that I think we could have gotten Cam Reddish and we just chose to go for Rui with probably the same package. So I, I was just curious if you thought, uh, you know, what are the dynamics there? Have y'all heard anything? I mean, I would say I think that's easy to do that kind of dot connecting in terms of guessing. I certainly haven't heard that. I mean, my sense is that the Lakers genuinely like Hachimura better as a player, and I and I would agree at least. I, I to me, I think Hachimura has a higher upside. I mean, Reddish has now been in two places. And it hasn't worked out. So as much as on one hand, I would say if, I mean, I would trade two seconds to get Cam Reddish and bring him in. He's six, eight athlete. We have barely seen him former number 10 pick. I mean, I have a lot of curiosity about what he can still be and you know why it hasn't worked in two places. But my, my true sense is I, I just think the Lakers liked Hachimura better. And, you know, Washington obviously wanted a first-round pick for Rui. They couldn't get one. So, you know, again, I know it's easy to, to draw those lines, but, I, I mean, I, I honestly don't think that trading for Rui over Cam Reddish is some sort of message sending. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not buying it. I would agree. I mean, they get linked to Gary Trent and Fred VanVleet, who is expected to join Clutch, as you reported. Like, I don't think there's any... Um, there's any like rift developing there. Uh, Alejandro, what's up, man? Hi, Jake and Mark. Uh, happy Friday. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, congrats to Mark for the podcast. I'm excited for that. 
Thank you very much. Uh, so my question, I'll make it quick, is about the Celtics. I'm wondering uh, what kind of moves you think they're going to make. Like, if it's going to be something with just the TPE from Dennis Schroeder or, like, they're thinking of trading Gallinari or if they're just going to wait for the buyout market. What do you think? Do you have any inkling of what's going on there? I know that they could use some size, but I honestly have not heard a ton about the Celtics, I have to say, in recent days. Um, as you said, you know, they had the Hernan Gomez trade exception that expired, but they still have the Schroeder exception, which actually runs one pe- one day past the deadline. So they are able to uh, to make a trade into a trade exception. Let's see if they do. They're always... Where's my man Keith Smith? I need those tax implications that I don't have at my fingertips right now. But I, I, like I said, I have not heard a ton lately about the Celtics. Yeah, they keep getting linked to Jakob Pertl. And every time I've asked Boston people about it, they have poured water on that. So, um, sorry, hold on one second. Um, yeah, I, th- I think they clearly could benefit from – added front court help and we'll look on the buyout market. I mean, Gallinari seems to be tracking towards return this season so far. I don't know what his value would be on the market. I mean, Peyton Pritchard is a name that teams are looking at, but they, they like Peyton. And the second there's an injury, like he clearly steps up and balls out when they need him to. Um, so I think he played a lot of late recently, maybe to satisfy some wishes of greater playing time. Um, so it has been quiet on the Celtics. I mean, they're the best team in the league. They have been wire to wire, and it's not like they have massive, massive holes they need to fill. And they also don't have, like, a ton of outgoing things that they could match salary-wise that they'd be willing to part with. So um, it has been quiet on Boston for sure. AJ, what's going on? How's it going, guys? Um, I'm a big Pacers fan, so I just want to know what you're hearing about them. But um, first I wanted to say uh, – about 13 months ago, I asked Mark what kind of hope we had because things were rough, and his only answer he could give me was Lance Stevenson after as good a game against Brooklyn. So glad we are where we are one year later. Halliburton, man, he's just—it's been—you uh, know—I I couldn't believe that Sacramento traded him because I just loved how much Halliburton loved being a king. And, you know, he's gotten to Indiana and he's embraced being a pacer with the same joy. And I'm a sucker for that. I love that. He's and he's an all star. You've seen they've completely fallen apart without him. And. Yeah, I mean, they, you know. The way they drafted, you know, Carlisle coaching two young guards, I think that, you know. He, he surprised a lot of people, by the way, he's, you know, just embraced his situation and uh i mean definitely happy for the uh happy for pacer people yeah halberton's been huge win for obviously uh, Sac- uh indiana but i mean sabonis was a fantastic ad for uh sacramento too and like in all this talk of a post rudy gobert trade market that we're in right now um i think there probably needs to be some more attention on the other side of that deal too and how just hand and glove of fit Sabonis has been and the fact that like the Kings made this decision that Halbert and Fox wouldn't have been maximized together 
and Hal Burton had more trade value than Darren Fox, and the only real path was to move him to get a 25-year-old all-star that was also interested in sticking around long-term uh, in Memphis. Or I just, re- I just read your retweet, excuse me, in Sacramento. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it was a rare, massive win on both sides, especially as Sacramento has – emerged as the three seed right now in the Western conference. David. No, look, I, I, I will, I will admit, you know, I, you know, I, I couldn't believe the Kings traded Halliburton. I didn't think Fox and Sabonis would fit the way they have it. I mean, Sacramento has been really one of the stories of the season. You know, I, I just keep saying, you know, you wake up every morning and you look at three through 13 in the, in the West. I don't think there's a human a computer, uh, you know, AI, whatever kind of technology. No, no one on earth could have predicted the order of that that we see right now, from Sacramento at three down to the Lakers at thirteen, and all kinds of chaos between those teams. And you know, the Warriors are still scuffling at five hundred. You know, Phoenix was under five hundred. Now they're back. I mean, it's just it's the West standings are a circus, and for Sacramento to to you know, have that number three spot, and Sabonis should be an All Star. Fox, you know, is, is right there. In a you know, there's always a zillion guards, so I don't know that he's going to get it. But um, that that might be the proverbial trade that helped both teams that we rarely see. Yeah, David, what's up? Hey, J.K. Mark, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, we keep seeing reports. You alluded to Toronto earlier that you know talk of OG Ananobi, Nick's interest in him. Uh, that they may have been one of the teams that offered picks. Is this something that you think might happen, or are the Knicks kind of looking elsewhere to star hunt? You know, where are they in in these types of big talks? Me, just speaking for for myself, I I do not see Ananobi or Siaka moving at this deadline. I just I don't I don't buy it. I don't see it. Again, the Raptors have surprised us before. You know, you can't make a much more daring trade than they did when they went for Kawhi. But I'm going to stick with the vibe I've gotten to this point, and I, I just i I think it's too soon f- f- to contemplate a trade for for either one of those guys. Yeah, I I also am skeptical that they will actually make OG available. Um, I think there are plenty of teams that would be interested. I have heard the Knicks as a team that's interested, but also like the word offer is something that is so difficult to really pin down because even when it does happen, teams are reticent to say, Oh yeah, we made that offer. They're so willing to say, Hey, we just had early conversations and, you know, just preliminary stuff, blah, blah, blah. It, it is difficult sometimes to truly pin down if an offer was made and what is like, what's a formal offer versus just saying, you know, like I was told on Friday, for example, a week ago that the Lakers offered, um, Kendrick Nunn in two seconds, right? And like, so like it gets the three seconds. So I was curious which was which of the three picks that got sent was the third that was added. And I was told pretty definitively that like, well, there wasn't two specific picks. It was just like the idea of that amount of capital. Um, and then once you get into like the final stage, that's when you start to actually talk about the picks there. So um, I don't know what was like actually offered versus discussed versus just like, thrown out theoretically. Um, but I, I do think the Knicks would be cautious in giving up too much for someone who's like a secondary star player. I've said this before, 
the fact that they were, you know, holding their pearls and not wanting to go all out and getting Donovan Mitchell out of fear of being, you know, asset strapped for the next move, I really doubt they would be willing to put so much on the table. Um, and especially like when I was talking to a GM today that said, you know, if, if, if the, if the, Rappers actually got offered three first round picks for OG. Like they have to have a meeting and talk about it and start telling teams like we got this offer. Um, so that, that hasn't happened yet. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe there will be an, a moment where that offer comes on the table and it forces the Rappers to have a meeting and actually really look at themselves in the mirror and make and make a decision on what to do here. Logan. Hey guys, how's it going? What's up? Um, I have been wondering if there's any update on D'Angelo Russell. He's been on a heater, but is it still looking like he's getting traded or kept or even extended? I would say an extension would surprise me. I don't think he's getting extended. I think even if he's played well here recently, I just don't think the fit is what the Wolves would be looking for when they've obviously got fit issues in the front court to deal with as well. So I, I personally would be surprised if an extension materialized, I mean, trading him, you know, I think Jake was the first one to report that Miami did have some interest in Russell, which angered me. Cause I think I was going to report that in the next piece. <laughs> I wrote. So I was quite, quite fuming about that. Um, I have not heard anything that's uh, actively bubbling, but look, he's an expiring contract. So I'm sure there's going to be discussions that continue up until the deadline. Um, yeah. You know, they, they've been mentioned They're They're a team that's been mentioned with Conley interest. Um, so, you know, is that something that Utah would do because Russell's expiring and is Minnesota willing to take on Conley's additional money beyond this season to upgrade its backcourt? I think we should at least uh, keep raising that as a possibility. Yeah, I would also be surprised by an extension. Um, I haven't heard things percolating, to use a a Stein verb, either. There was a framework, an idea that got repeated to me by at least five people yesterday and today um, with D'Lo going to a team for uh, guard with – long-term money on his deal. I'll say that, that um, I did not get it confirmed. So I don't want to share it, but that's like, I think that's kind of an example of where things seem to stand with him. It's mostly conceptual stuff versus like actual definitive talks. And um, it's just interesting in that it doesn't seem like there's a ton of mutual interest for D'Angelo Russell to remain a Timberwolf long-term. So um, the Wolves will absolutely be exploring ways to figure that out. Um, but it doesn't seem like there's been anything that's gained significant traction at this point. Uh, Jason, what's going on? Uh, um, I'm a Knicks fan. Um, Jake, you mentioned, I just read your article and you said that Josh Hart might be available on the block. So my first question is, well, my question is, do the Knicks have any? Have you heard any interest in, from the Knicks in acquiring Josh Hart? And do you think it's a realistic trade for them to send Cam Reddish and maybe a second for Josh? Hart? 
Yeah, I mean, Hart's been a name that's been super buzzy this week. He can opt out of his deal and become a free agent, um, and it seems like people are expecting that to happen. Um, I don't know exactly what the Blazers are looking to turn him directly into. Everyone has said that they are looking for front court help, especially like athletic guys, and they want wing shooters who can defend, which is something every team wants, right? Um, so, I mean, he seems like a very obvious trade candidate, just like, um, you know, Gary Trent and other guys with expiring deals or guys who can opt out. I mean, like Kyle Kuzma, although, you know, we've been told pretty repeatedly, like Mark said earlier, that he is not um, someone the Wizards want to talk about. But Josh Hart seems to be very available in Portland, and he does have a lot of teams interested. I mean, he was definitely a buzzy name. People were asking me about what I thought he was worth and what he was going to draw. Um, anything more on Portland, Mark? Just, just you know, you hit on it with your piece today. I mean, they've got to make changes. You know, they're, uh, you know, even bringing in Grant and Anthony Simons, uh, you know, his, you know, what what he's delivering them. Like, it just, it just hasn't been enough. I mean, the Blazers expected, you know, more, especially when Dame is, you know, still more than capable of throwing up a 60 when, when, uh, when he's in the mood. So, you know, they, uh, to be out of the play-in zone is, the, the Blazers had much higher expectations than that. So I think that's why they're another team that, that people are looking at and saying, yes, they're, they're going to do something here in the next, next uh, week and change. Yeah. Camille, how can we help? Hey guys, how are you? Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Uh, Jake, uh, Nice to talk to you again, man. I talked to you last week, and you how too. you doing, Mark? Um, it's kind of hard being a Knicks fan and going towards the tail end after everybody asks a lot of those questions. But I guess my question is, I mean, have you guys heard anything else in regards to who else we might be targeting outside of, like, trading cameras, things of that nature? I know that um, a couple of weeks ago Alex Caruso was mentioned, things of that nature. And then also, Mark, from your perspective, um, I'm not a Knicks fan that likes to kick the can down the road and we have to trade for a star but have you heard anything in terms of who we might be targeting down the road? My best guess is going to be Devin Booker, but I guess just from your take. I think this is purely a guess. Please don't aggregate this. This is 100% guesswork for me. Um, it, 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 you know, would Carl Anthony Towns be, be available? Would he hit the market before Devin Booker? Uh, to me, that seems like a reasonable assumption, but, Look, I'm still – I am in the camp that's um, still shocked that the Knicks didn't finish off the Mitchell deal. And I did not agree with the it's too many assets and we won't have enough for the next guy because it's so hard to get the first guy. And look, no question there would have been defensive concerns with Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson in a very small backcourt. But, uh, you know – the way Donovan Mitchell has played this season in Cleveland, like I just, I do have to wonder, are the Knicks going to regret that one? And I think deep down, they didn't think Danny Ainge had anywhere else to go. They didn't, they didn't think that he had another viable suitor and he obviously did. So the great news for the Knicks, you know, Brunson and Randall to me are both all-stars. So it has still been, a, a successful season to this point, and I'll be—I'm really interested to see if those guys both get selected as all stars. I mean, 
12 spots anymore with the waist. Everybody has such gaudy stats now that it just feels like the snub conversation is louder than ever because there's always now going to be five or six guys who just have amazing numbers and won't get an all-star slot. So I don't know that there's going to be room for both of them on the East all-star team, but I think both guys are deserving and, you know, happy for Brunson. You know, I, you know, I certainly question for him to go into that market with that pressure and expectations. And he's, he's gone up another level. Again, the guy gets better every single year. So uh, kudos to Jalen. Um, I don't know who that next guy is going to be, but as, as well as those two guys are playing, I think we all know that the expect Leon Rose was brought there to bring in star power and they still haven't done that. So yet there will, I can't tell you who it is, but I firmly believe that they will be targeting someone splashy. Yeah. I I mean, the, the, the clock seems to be ticking on getting that star building and they're going to be pouncing whenever the next guy becomes available. I can promise you that Josh, What's going What's on? up, Jake? I asked you this in the past, but have you heard anything on the Knicks having interest in Gordon Hayward? I have not heard anyone with interest in Gordon Hayward. Mark, has that been different for you? Yeah, I have not. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I you know the 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 Hornets are open for business, but I I do not anticipate Hayward being the one moving given the given that contract he's carrying. Uh, you know, Ro- Rozier is the guy that that teams are really going after and, you know, he has a lot of fans around the league. Um, But I do think, I do think they are, they're certainly open for business. How are Nick's callers though? Infiltrate, man, they have, they have commandeered this room. I'm a a New York based man. That's what it is. That's what it is. Sanchez. Good afternoon, guys. Magic. Uh, Just concerned the magic here. Yeah, they, they seem to have turned the corner. They've gotten healthy. They are making a playoff push. So, are they going to try to upgrade their talent, or will they just try to move pieces like Bamba, Harris, Ross, Hampton, Okiki, those type players, and receive picks or you know salary filler or you know those type deals? That, that's I mean. Those, you know, I've, those are all names that you meant, you know, for the most part, those are the names that are in circulation. So, I mean, that's the expectation. But, um, yeah, I, I look, I, I, I know coming into the season, the magic thought that, you know, maybe they could be a stealth contender for a play-in spot. I think they do <laughs> like that, you know, like we assumed all these teams were going to be in the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes, but, you know, Orlando's kind of moved out of that zone. So, I wouldn't be shocked if they uh, if they if they swung some kind of trade to to get more of a win now player. Just who's out there again? You know the list. You know this has been the of all the team of all the buyers out there. The, the complaint has been again that we're talking about the the same six or seven guys who all seem to be having exorbitant prices attached to their availability. So, you know. I don't know that the player that would get Orlando in the conversation is out there yet or available yet, but I I, I do think they want to be competitive sooner rather than later. I think that's fair. I would agree with that. I also think Houston is a team teams are kind of monitoring as maybe being buyers too. 
and they're certainly putting blood in the water about free agency stuff they want to do next season. Um, so if, if, if Orlando and Houston are not sellers, which I still expect they, I mean, those teams have veterans to sell, right? Um, it'll be curious to see how the market really potentially dries up. If, the, if Yeah, Orla- Orlando can really be both. I mean, they can, you know, if, yeah. if the guy they want the Pacers could available, be they can go get him. But at the same time, you know, they can still, you know, Bomba, Harris, Ross, they can still have all those guys available for, you know, for trades to for outgoing trades as well. So they they're in a they're in a good spot. Yeah. We have so many callers in the queue. I need to run at six forty five Eastern here, so I apologize. We're gonna have Rashad and then Hayden and then Cap it there. Everyone who's still waiting, I'm so sorry, but come back next week. We'll get to your questions. I promise you. Not with as an esteemed guest as Mark, but we'll find somebody that would be just as informative um Rashad what's going on hey what's going on guys thanks for having me quick question are the Lakers interested in Gary Trent Jr can you please tell us something (laughs) Mark look I I think it's I have not heard that directly I have not heard you know I know again it's you know it's you know when I reported last night at you know one eastern that Fred Van Vliet Fred Van Vliet is expected to sign with clutch i mean the, the first thousand tweets were you know he's a laker van vliet and trent to the lakers like i think that's what everyone expects but i have not heard that i can't say that i've heard that because again you know that what we have heard from the lakers consistently for months going back to last may or june they don't want to give up those two picks their two last prized assets, 2027 and 2029 firsts, they don't want to give those up unless they are clearly moving the needle. And to trade both of those and Russ for those two guys, does that clearly thrust them into the championship conversation? And I don't know that it does. It certainly makes them much better than they are, but I don't know that, it thrusts them into the championship conversation. Now, should the Lakers trade one first for Bogdanovich? Look, that's another one where it's just so easy to say, just make it unprotected and send it there. Like, But you never want to trade an unprotected first. You just don't. So I think just think it's easier said than done. It is also easier to stomach for someone like Gary Trent, who's 24 years old, compared to Brian Bogdanovich, who's 34, I believe. Um, and I think that's also, you know, a big part of the Rui deal. Like, they don't have too many young players with upsides. So, um, I have been told that Trent is at least, like, on the Lakers' radar. I don't know if they've called Toronto and had actual conversations about it. And I think that actually moved the needle. But I've been told, I believe – from credible folks, maybe, maybe, maybe it's not like a, a, a lusting desire for Gary Trent, but um, he at least seems to be someone they're, they're monitoring. So um, maybe that's also just someone from a certain agency suggesting that I mean, maybe that's all it is, but um, we shall see. Uh, Hayden, our final question, again, apologies to everyone else in the queue that we didn't get to, but I got to, do a bunch of shit tonight. So, uh, uh, thanks, guys. Going? Yeah, I'll keep it quick to respect your time here, and uh, thanks for getting me in as the last one. Yeah. So, we are. I think we're all kind of aware that there are players outgoing from Chicago. This is clearly untenable. They just collapse against the Pacers. 
Um, they didn't show up at all against Charlotte the other day. Um, my question is, it doesn't seem like selling to get worse and tank is their only direction here. Um, I was just wondering if you had heard anything about potentially the Bulls going the other way and leveraging the picks. Uh, well, not they really have picks, but players and outgoing assets or people that want out into something more of a retool. And if so, is there any names that make sense in that regard? It just seems think, like everybody agrees. I think the problem is I just don't know that they're generating much right now. You know, Zach Levine, it's obviously not a talent issue, but he has a massive contract and he's had a serious knee injury. So it's like, if you try to trade Zach Levine, what are you getting back? Is that retool trade out there for them? Um, you know, <coughs> I, do, I just, I just, I don't know if, if the return they could get is worth doing it at this point. Yeah. I think as a situation that's easier said in hindsight, like Bradley Beal, for example, moving him this time last year, we know now would have definitively had more value than what he currently stands with his contract. And I know trade clause, um, but we didn't know that in February of last year, especially the fact that he's been injured most of the season. Maybe not most, but throughout this season. Um, so a lot of those things are not as clear in the moment, To especially when there's decisions on the line and executives' careers at stake where you've been entrusted to steer this franchise towards playoff contention and a lot of picks and sign a lot of people in free agency. There was a glimmer of it last year in that strong start, and then injuries took a hold. You know, it's not so easy for guys involved to actually just decide to pull the plug on something than it is for us sitting at home. All right, Mark, any final words? Anything else you want to plug? Anything you want to say before I get you out of here? No, I just really appreciate the chance to promote this league uncut with my man, Chris Haynes. We start Monday. We'll be potting twice a week. And it was good to be with you tonight to try to remember how to do a live room, which I am... Uh, <laughs> quite rusty yet so i but like i said i love i love you being in charge and having to moderate i felt much, e much easier to guess i have felt the same on your program as in the past all right thank you everybody thank you steiny uh we'll be back next week we'll do two shows not sure with who yet depending on how the cycle is flowing but we'll make it happen bring the info and uh that'll be that have a good weekend everybody take care